You're listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. It's good, huh? It's good. Lift your eyes up for a second. Look up at the sky and just say, God, you're good. He's good. It's nothing greater than just to be able to just come to that place where you just release stuff and you just feel better. Because God cares. He cares about our little lives. Isn't that amazing? God cares about our problems. God cares about our stress. God cares about the things that you and I think are big. He cares about it. He's interested. He's present. I don't know of any greater thing than just to know that God's present. He's with us. It's all good. Thank you guys for some great music tonight. Really, really appreciate it. It was awesome. Our hearts. We're going to keep on talking about our hearts tonight. The most important thing that God says is in us. In Matthew chapter 6, we find a passage of scripture where Jesus is teaching a sermon. Many people call it the Sermon on the Mount. It's the big deal. This is the big sermon where Jesus just lays it down. He just throws it all out there and he leaves no stone unturned. He hits on the religious leaders. He hits on anger. He hits on lust. He hits on the Beatitudes. He hits on all of these different things that you and I wrestle with as human beings. And in every single situation that he talks about, whether it's about hating your enemies or whether it's about divorce or whether it's about keeping the rules, whatever it is, Jesus lays it all down to one thing. Everything in your life is a matter of the heart. It all comes down to the heart. And that's what God is looking at. He's looking at your heart. And in Matthew chapter 6, in verse number 19... He says something that's really profound that's going to lead us to our talk tonight. In Matthew 6, 19, he says, Don't store up treasure here on the earth where they can be eaten by moths and get rusty and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, store treasures in heaven where they will never become moth-eaten or rusty and where they will be safe from thieves. Listen to this. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and your thoughts will also be. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and your thoughts will also be found. Wherever your treasure is. We read that little short passage of scripture and we think that Jesus is really talking about money, right? Jesus talked a lot about money too, in case you guys didn't know. Jesus knew the rules that you and I live by. The rules of society are our money is very precious to us. Whether we like to admit it or not, you all work, right? Or some of us have jobs right now. Some of us wish we had jobs right now in this economy. But if you work, you get a paycheck unless you decide to just donate your time, which a lot of us do around the church. So if you got nothing better to do, we could use you. But money is something that Jesus laid on a lot of times because he understood the connection that people had with money. But in this scripture, he goes one step further. He doesn't just say, let's talk about money. He says, where your treasure is, that's where you'll find your heart. See, for the last several weeks, we've been talking about what's inside of us, right? We've been talking about what makes us 
who we are. We've been talking about the fact that what comes out of us, out of our mouth, is what's in our heart. The overflow of our heart is what's inside of us. And that's what comes out of our mouth. And Jesus lays it right down to the core right here. And he says, where your treasure is, that's where you'll find your heart. So what's the principle that he's talking about? He's basically saying, whatever you take care of is what you value. Whatever you take care of in your life is what's valuable to you. It's what he's saying here, right? He's saying, wherever your treasure is, that's where you're going to find your heart. So ask yourself, what do you take care of? The other day I was driving in the car and if, if you came to my house and you asked me to show you um, my CD music collection, you would probably start laughing because you'd be like, come on, Jason, this is ridiculous. No human being needs this many CDs. I mean, it's pathetic. I've got stacks and stacks and stacks of CDs that I've been hanging on to for years. I have no idea if I'll ever listen to these things again, but I've been collecting these things since, you know, cassettes, okay? I know some of you don't even know what that is, but there was this thing called a cassette, little plastic thing that had little wheels, and then, you know, you had a CD. It was like the new invention anyway. And so I care about music, and it shows because I've got these stacks of CDs. It doesn't matter that they're on the iPod now or any of that stuff. There's something sentimental about being able to hold a CD. I don't know if any of you are with me, but it's sentimental. So when I get in the car with my family, which I love more than my CDs, but I get in the car with my family and they pop a CD in the CD changer and you know, it holds a few CDs and you're popping them out. When you take it out of the CD changer, what do you do with it? You put it in the case. Thank you, Drexel. You put it, you find the case. You don't just put it in any case, right? You don't just randomly grab it. No, no. You find the case and then you look at it and then you kiss it and you put it away, right? That's what you do with a CD, right? No, you don't do that anyway. So the other day I'm in the car and I'm like looking at these CDs and what happens when you don't put them in the case? Does anybody know? They get scratched up. Thank you. And so I'm looking at these poor orphan CDs. I mean, it's pathetic. It's like they're a family. They go with the case and they, they've lost their parents and they're just all beat up in the world. It's like, they're, my kids just throw them. My wife, she just tosses. It's like they're disposable. You listen to it once, you throw it away. It's no big deal. It's like, no, these are, you save this stuff. Anyway, I know this is going to sound funny, but in that moment, in this crazy moment between me and my music, I'm sitting there and I'm looking, I'm, oh, you look at you. Where have you been? I'm putting, I'm putting it back together. And God speaks to my heart. And he says, look it, you take care of your CDs. It's in your heart. And I was like, ooh. You know, it's like, whoa. This moment of epiphany where it just kind of hits you. It's like, I really do. I care about these stupid little things. But I was just like, wow, God, what is it about this that speaks to me? And why is it such a little thing inside of my lifestyle where I value this and I will take the extra time to do what I believe it needs to take care of it? Well, God started talking to me and he is talking to you right now about your life and about the things that you take care of. And some of them are really good stuff. Some of you spend a lot of time on your family and on your, on your career, on your marriage or talking to your children and on your hobbies. And this is all really good stuff. And I'm not here tonight to tell you that you're spending too much time doing anything. That's God's job. All I'm here to do is to provoke you to a place to talk to God about it, to say to God, God, 
What do I care about? What do I take care of? See, when Jesus was talking about this, he was using the analogy of money. And I want to talk about money for just a second. Because just here in the last couple of weeks, somebody came to me and they asked me, Actually, there's been more than one person. There's been several people who came up and they've been asking me like, Jason, so, you know, you're a pastor at a church now. So when are you going to talk about money? And, and when are you going to talk about tithing? And when are you going to talk about, you know, giving? I mean, if you guys have been around here long enough, you guys know that we don't really take offerings. We put up a little thing up on the screen that says, if you want to give to God and you want to worship him, there's a box in the back on the wall, or you can put your money in one of these things. We believe in giving to God, but this thought that they were asking me was from a standpoint of neglect. They were saying, Jason, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And so I wanted to talk about what Jesus has shown me about money just for a moment because it talks about our treasure and our heart. See, when they asked me that question, I know the story of the Bible, and I know in the book of Malachi that there's a scripture, and I want to show it to you for just a second here. I'm going to read it to you. In Malachi chapter 3, there's a very famous scripture that a lot of us have heard quoted, and I want to read it to you. It says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already completely destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my laws and you failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. God's talking there. And now this is what the people say back to God. They say, but you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? God says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask me, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And God says, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings that are due to me. God says, you're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease your grapes will not shrivel before they're ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight. Have anybody here ever heard that passage of Scripture? Anybody here ever heard that? that I've, I mean, I've been raised in the, in the church world, and I've heard this Scripture so many times. And I believe in a God who wants to bless us. And I believe that we are a people who wants to give to God out of what he's given to us. The only problem with us and God, and especially when we're talking about our heart and talking about our treasure, is we, as people, like to learn how to work the system, don't we? If there's an angle to take in life, we try to figure out where that angle is. If there's a shortcut to get from point A to point B without having to take the long way, isn't our human nature wired to want to take the shortcut? Don't we try to do a little less than we have to in order to get the results that we want when it comes to life? The problem with this scripture is that we come to God many times from a standpoint of, God, I need something. So God, what do I got to get? What do I have to do in order to get you 
to bless me or to meet my needs. And when people read this scripture, they read it from a context of God says, if I will just pay my tithes or I will give my offerings to God, then God is obligated to bless me financially. Now, I want to stop right here before anybody thinks that I'm out in left field and I want you to know my heart. I'm a guy that pays my tithes. I'm a guy that believes that if I give to God, God has, God created this whole world. He owns it all. It's all his. So if there's anything that I need in my puny little life, God can poof at a second, dispose it into my life and meet every need that I have. I get that and I understand it. But here's the situation that I find that you and I have a hard time understanding about our hearts and especially to God when it comes to money. We want a shortcut to be able to get the results. And God wants your heart. See, paying your tithes or giving money to God or giving anything, as a matter of fact, is an attitude of your heart. It's an issue between you and God of whether or not you're going to let him talk to you and you're going to be obedient to what he says. Plain and simple. Jesus encountered this same concept when he was walking around in the religious world that he lived in. As a matter of fact, there's a time in the book of Matthew where Jesus begins to talk to the religious leaders about their conduct. And you see, these religious leaders knew this scripture in the book of Malachi. It was a part of their law. It was a part of what they studied. And they knew that in order for them to be found honorable before God, they had to tithe, which if you don't know, a tithe literally means 10%. And they had to give 10% of anything that they received as income. They had to give that tenth or that tithe back to God. And that was a part of their worship and that was a part of their their religious exercise that they did. And in their day and age, it wasn't just money. They had to tithe their their livestock. They had to tithe, if they were farmers, their, their crops. Everything that they had in their life is increase. They had to give 10% of it right back to God. And so Jesus comes head on at this concept. And you know what he says in Matthew 23? He's talking to the head honcho religious leaders of that day. Look at what he says. He says, how terrible it will be for you teachers of the religious law and you Pharisees. You're hypocrites. He says, you are careful to tithe even the tiniest part of your income, but you ignore the more important things of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. And then Jesus says this amazing thing. He says, you should tithe. Yes. But you should not leave undone the more important things. Jesus comes straight at these guys and he says, you have taken the most precious thing between God and man. The most precious thing that we possess are finances. And God says, I am trying to get to a person's heart and develop a relationship that is built on trust so that they will trust me with the most precious thing that they've got. They work all day for it. They give their lives for it. And I want them to trust me with it. And you have tried to reduce it to some religious exercise that is a ploy to get God to do something. And God says, you've missed the entire point. Jesus says, Yeah, you should tithe. It's part of the deal. But if you tithe and you don't understand the meaning behind it, don't waste your time. 
because it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. I have a confession to make tonight. Don't you love it when I say that? It happens regularly. About hmm, 16, 17 years ago, my wife and I, we were youth pastors. Matter of fact, we were youth pastors right here at this church. And um, I didn't think that it was important to pay my tithes to God. I had heard all the teachings. I had heard all the stuff that had been taught from the Bible about why it's important. And I had heard all the different things about money and God and how it was a, a sign to God of my trust and of my faith when I would give him money back and how it was even an act of worship when I would give it to him. I had heard all of it, but I didn't do it because I was at a place in my life where I didn't want to do something unless I really meant it. And so I was sitting right where Nick and Crystal are sitting, right there. And I remember it like it was yesterday. The pews were still in here, and the building was pink. And we were sitting here on a Sunday morning, and we were just worshiping God. Nobody was doing any talking. There was no preaching going on. But I heard God's voice speak to me out of nowhere. And he said, Jason, I want you to start paying your tithes. And I went, whoa. It was the most random thing. And it was in the most, you know, off the wall situation. Because we weren't thinking of money. Nobody was talking about money. It was just that moment when God spoke to me in a way that I could hear him. And he said, Jason, I want you to start paying your tithes. And after church, I talked to my wife. I said, Shauna, you're going to freak out when you hear this because, you know, because we were a young married couple. We didn't have two nickels to scrape together. And we're just like, you know, how are we going to afford this? And when I told her, she's just like, that's really weird. I think we should too. I feel the same thing. And for the last 16 or 17 years, every time I get paid, I write a check to God. I don't write a check to a church or I don't write a check to a pastor. I don't write a check to whatever. I write a check to God because from my heart, he said, son, I want you to do this. And I said, you got it, Father. End of story. And you know what I discovered when I looked in the Bible? And as I discovered a little bit more deeply about this concept of, of giving? In 2 Corinthians, Paul says something that is really, really profound. He says, you, meaning us, the church, must each make up your own mind as to how much you should give. He says, don't give reluctantly and don't give in response to pressure because God loves the person who gives cheerfully. See that moment when I was sitting there and I heard God's voice, I cheerfully wrote the check. It made me smile because I knew that I wasn't just giving it to a man. I wasn't just giving it to an organization. I was responding to God who said, Jason, this is between you and me. And you know, I've gone to church for a long time and there's been times I've been really, really ticked off at the pastor. But you know what? I don't stop writing my check because it's not to him. My relationship with God has nothing to do with him. He's not getting my money. God is. And when God deals with you at that level, what he says is, Jason, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And he started talking to me about the deepest thing in my heart, the finances at that time. And some of us here tonight are thinking, 
Why are you focusing on money? Why is this money thing a big deal? It's not because I'm focusing on money. It's called, this is a part of our heart. And to ignore this part of our heart is to ignore this huge part of our life. Because if I were to ask each one of you, what's the number one concern in your life right now? Well, if you don't have a job, it's your finances, isn't it? Even if you have a job in this economy, chances are you've probably taken a pay cut. You're probably getting less hours than you were a year ago. You're going through things. Everything's higher than it was to pay for. Finances are a big deal in our life. And guess what God wants for us to understand? We can trust him with our finances. We can trust him with the deepest things in our heart. There is nothing that we withhold from God. See, for me to stand here before you tonight and say, you know, let's have a relationship with God and not talk about money, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be talking straight to you. I wouldn't be telling you the reality of how much God loves you and how deep God wants you to know him. See, in Psalms chapter 37 and verse 4, there's a scripture that says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Say that with me. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart. What do you think that means? That God will give you the desires of your heart when you take delight in him. It means that there's a place inside of us that's really, really deep. It's a place that God wants to be involved in. It's a place that God wants access to. It's a place that we live from, our heart. And it says that if we let God there, God will tweak the desires of your heart and he will make something beautiful begin to come out of your life because your heart will be what God wants it to be and you will desire what God wants you to desire. You see, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Do you let him? Do you let him inside there where the desires really are? God wants to. God wants to give you those desires but first, you got to let him there. And when we talk about money, when we talk about our life, when we talk about the things that matter to us, we're talking about the real stuff, the most critical things. See, this sermon tonight or this talk tonight isn't about getting you to give money to Gravity Church or to any other organization or anything like that. God forbid. If you do something tonight as a response to me, and you think that it's coercion or you think it's manipulation, go back to that scripture in Corinthians where it says God loves a cheerful giver. There's nothing cheerful about having your arm twisted behind you. There's nothing cheerful about feeling like you have to. But there is nothing more awesome when you hear the heart of God say, do it. Just like he said to the children of Israel in this book of Malachi when he says, do it. And watch what I will do in your life. I will open up the windows of heaven and I will bless you in ways that you can't even contain it.
if you will listen to me and be obedient to what I say to you. Be obedient to what I say to you. Jesus said the most amazing thing that I want you to think about with me for a second. In this same sermon, he makes a statement. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. You know what he says they get? They get to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they see God. Our hearts, our hearts is where God wants. Our hearts is where God wants to be. To have a relationship with God, to have a place with God to where when he speaks, we listen, we respond. We talk all the time about the fact that God wants to use our lives. And there is this back and forth struggle inside of each one of us that at its core says, God wants to use my life, but I have other ideas for my life. God wants to use my life, but uh, I, I think I know what's best. God wants to use my life, but it's so hard to let go and give him me. My friends, I want to tell you something from the deepest place that I know. If you will give God your heart and you will let go of the lies of this world and the lies of society that try to tell you that money will make you happy and fame will make you somebody and having a spouse that looks like X, Y, and Z will give you satisfaction and this and this and this. If you will reject those lies for what they are, and you will hold on to the simple truth that everything that you need and everything that you want and everything that you desire in your life can be found only in the arms of Christ and you give yourself to him, I, I promise you from the deepest place that I can say it that he will make your life amazing. He will fill you with satisfaction like no other. You will wake up in the morning and you will hear his voice you will, you will go to sleep at night and he will be the last thing that you think of. Not the money that you don't have, not the stress of this or the stress. They're still there, but it is as if you have somebody that will be with you through it all and have access to peace and joy and hope and confidence through it all. But God says, you have to give me your heart. And when we see the promise of Jesus, when he said, blessed are the pure in heart, and he says, you will see God, I want to tell you, it's hard to see God sometimes. Not only is he invisible, but this world is a mess. And sometimes it's hard to see God in the midst of it. But when we give him our heart, it's as if he begins to open our eyes to things that we've never seen before. It's as if when we look around, we see hope when everybody else sees despair we're full of joy when everybody else is just completely discouraged. We don't know why and we can't explain it, but there is a confidence inside of us that things are going to be okay and it has nothing to do with our circumstances. I'm telling you that when God comes alive inside of you, that when his Holy Spirit rises up within you and you begin to allow him to take over and to fill your heart, he wrecks you. He takes your life and he will take you places that nothing on this earth can ever take you. And tonight, our response has to be simple. God, I give you me. I give you my heart. 
I give you all of it and you can have it. So now, right now, I'm done talking. It's time now for you to talk to God. It's time now for you to take a couple moments. Some of you write things. Some of you, you, you process things differently. But whatever you do, you need to take a moment right now and process with God what's going on inside of your heart. You need to take a couple moments and you need to say, God, where, where are we at? Because if we're honest, some of us are still having that relationship that exists in a crowd with God. I know God because Jason knows God. And I'm with Jason, so we know God. <laughs> no. God says, it's got to happen one-on-one between me and you right here, right now. It's a personal thing. It's between me and him. We come together like this in a corporate setting in a big church, and we, we get to talk to him together, but at its core, it's just between me and him. And so I want you to take a couple moments and process what this means between you and him. And if you're sitting here tonight, because there's, this is a, you know, every Saturday night, we obviously have a different group of people every week. If you're here tonight and you've heard me talking and you've heard music and you've heard all of these things going on and you're just like, there's something that's happening inside of me right now and I can't really explain it. I want to talk to you because God is doing something inside of your life tonight and you got to respond to that. You may not even know how to respond to it, and that's okay. But to be able to acknowledge it is the first step. To be able to just say, something's happening, and I know that it's not for me. That's the first step to be able to build that relationship with God and allow him into your heart like we've been talking about tonight. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. Steve's going to turn on some music. And we're going to just give you a couple moments in here to be able to process whatever it is that's going on between you and God. If you're here tonight and you need somebody to pray with you, then we're going to be available to you. There's lots of people here that love nothing more than just to pray and help other people discover the joys of God like we have. But it's time for us to talk to Jesus. Pray with me. Jesus, right now, I just pray, God, that you would just open up our hearts in a way right now that God would give you the room that you need to begin to talk to us. Lord, we've talked about some heavy things tonight, God, some things that I hope that you can follow up with. I hope that you can talk to us at an even deeper level. Lord, I pray that you would just now begin to stir up, God, whatever emotions, whatever feelings, whatever thoughts we may need to have going on inside of us that would dredge up the feelings, God, that need to come to the surface so that you can, you can deal with them, God. Jesus, I pray that our hearts would be pure, because we want to see you. God, we want to know you. God, we want to be found in you. So Jesus, I just pray that for the next couple moments, God, that you would just be here with us, Lord, and that you would just love on us and talk to us and be everything that we need you to be. Amen. You've been listening to gravitychurch.com.